Three, three, two, two, one. It's time for the show. Action. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present, of everyday people. And now, here's your host, the one and only Asher Asher Chua. Things have been going well. How about yourself? Oh, man, I can't complain. Got all my Christmas shopping done. My wife is nice. happy. My kids happy. So everything is good. <laughs> Sounds like you're winning. Man, listen, that's that's my definition, man. You know, as long as, as, long as we got joy in this in this season, man, we went. So. That's good. It's funny. I, I just got up this morning, went through like the morning routine, and then I was like, you know, let me just go out for a drive beforehand. Like I, I stay up in North Georgia, so I'm not too far from uh, Chattanooga. Okay. I just drove up that way. And on the way back, started to see a little bit of traffic, people kind of going up, going on their way. Okay. And I was like, you know, it's kind of funny how, um, it's funny how you'll be just cruising, there's nobody around or anything. And then all of a sudden, like oh. these cars come out, out of anywhere. And like, yeah. so you're going the speed limit, maybe you're going 10 over, next thing you're going 20 and people are going right. 30. And I'm like, what's going on? And it's like, maybe sometimes it's like that hack mentality. People are just like, we got to go. And everybody's like, we, we got to go, we got to go. And it's like, right. Hurry up and wait. That's what it is, yeah. man. Everybody's in a hurry to go nowhere, man. That's the point. Man. Yeah. Just impatience, you know, the whole nine. So. But, yeah. I mean, it, it was just funny to me because in that moment, I was like, you know, I don't feel uncomfortable right now. Like, you got this person over here real close to me. You got this person over here. So I'm like wedged in the middle. But I'm like, uh-huh. it's good. Like, I'm comfortable right here. It's like yeah. comfortable being uncomfortable. You're just like, man. Oh, man. Well, see, right. see I, I kick into another gear, man. The trap. I love trap. My mom is one of those people. She don't even like to be on the highway. Much like, much less drive on it she don't like the beat but i look man i'm in there i'm in i'm in this like, another gear kicks in man we driving I'm like hey man let's go let's float let's move hey go <laughs> drive the speed limit that's fine Just right. do it over there don't come over right over, over there, there. <laughs> no, 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 no. a group of us we don't want a court we we all go yep. 80 you know what i'm saying let's yep. just make a thing do what it do right. so, yeah. it's like if you're not with it just just go over right. there there's a lane for you over there we ain't mad you know what i'm saying i'm be mad if you're doing 65 in the fourth lane over there to the right to the left, you know yep. what I'm saying? I'm like, yep. yeah, yep. Nah, yeah, <laughs> nah. yeah, man, good stuff, good stuff. All right, All right so what did you what did you want um to talk about? Just- just like this. I mean, this, this is a, um, well, I figured this would be a good form to introduce ourselves formally and to kind of just, just talk in, in general. And um, I, I started doing this, um, a podcast in this format, just talking with everyday people, people that I've met, people I've known from my past, and just talking to them about like who they are or who they say they are and right. um, what's important to them, kind of like where you grew up, a little bit about your background, and just like if you have anything going on currently that you want people to know about or um, as we're talking now, um, anything that I record from this, I'll send it back to you. That way you can approve of it before I put right. it out there. And right. this might come out August of 2020. So oh, wow. at that point, if you're already thinking in your mind, like this is what I'll be in August, you feel free to just throw that stuff out there. But this is just reform conversation, talking with people and then putting it out in a way to let other people hear themselves and to kind right. of like, oh, okay, like it's not about the president or it's not about Kim Kardashian or Kanye West <laughs> or it's, right. it's about me too like i matter like i got a job i I do this it's like yeah like you matter so like let let me just talk with another person and just be like okay like what's going on like how was your day like how how's life right okay Okay. all right well i'm ready whenever you are man all right so 
if you would, um, please introduce yourself to the people. And if you could answer this question in your own words as best as possible, who do you say you are? All right. All right. Well, my name is Joseph Pridgen. Um, and to answer this, a very, very interesting question. Who do I say that I am? Um, uh, Jesus is reminding me of Jesus uh, as a disciple. Who do men say that I am? It's an interesting question. Um, for me, I would have to describe myself, boiling it down to its essence. I describe myself as an atmosphere shifter. I'm a person who can create energy, who can create shift and and and, and power um, for myself to tap in, but also for other people. Um, if somebody's feeling down, if somebody's feeling depressed, if somebody's feeling um, <clears throat> like they can't really move forward, or if their just perspective is kind of darkened, I come, I bring light, I bring energy, I bring passion, um, and I kind of remind people, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, I remind people of their the passion that they were born with, the passion that, that God created on the inside of them. That little voice that lives in here that most people ignore on the highway, rushing back and forth to get here and there, you know what I'm saying, uh, kind of remind them to, to kind of refocus because life has a tendency to mute that voice. Uh, paying bills, going to a job I don't necessarily like, in a bad relationship, Relationship or wanting to be in a relationship, just got out of a bad relationship. Like all of these things t- just kind of tend to have an, uh, a tendency to, to make us focus on negative things. So just reminding you that it's okay to smile. It's okay to dream. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to, to enjoy yourself. Something about being an adult makes us say, don't have fun. You got to be serious. You got to be negative because you got responsibilities and her, 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 you know what I'm saying? So just reminding people that it's okay to enjoy life. Enjoying your life doesn't mean that you're being lazy or that you're not being um, focused or, or, or professional about uh, accomplishing your goals. So that's me. That's in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, how, how did you come to that, like, that decision that that's, that's who you're going to be? Well, it's, it's funny because, and, and it, the questions are amazing because that's, that's an interesting way that you worded that question. Um, I would have to say that I never came to a decision that that's who I was going to be. This is how I was born. Like, you know, people say, I was born this way. Like, I, I noticed, I can answer the question when I noticed that I was intrinsically different from others. Um, and I can also answer the question when I noticed that being intrinsically different from others was not something to run away from. So when I was in high school, I began to notice that a lot of people didn't like me. <clears throat> I was very unpopular. A lot of people hated on me. A lot of people hated on me for no reason. People would be looking around for somebody to pick on and their eyes would lock with mine. And they'd be like, oh, he's the one. He's the guy with pick on. So a lot of that growing up. And it wasn't until I was in college that I started to come into myself and started to feel myself and say, hey, this difference that God gave me, it's a good thing. It's something that people gravitate to. It's something that I can use this for good. So it was kind of like a big, for a long time, all, growing up high school, I hated high school. High school was a horrible time for me appeared for me in my life because you know people can be cruel you know everybody got their own story yeah, but yeah. a lot of people you and me both me. yeah right yeah. <laughs> so I'm like you know but the same people and not you know not to sound shady not to put a negative spin on but the same people who picked on me in high school are mm-hmm. not doing extremely well you know in their lives at this moment and me I feel like life takes a while to unfold what things mean what things are valuable and I often refer to the Disney story of Hercules Hercules growing up as a little kid um was very dysfunctional he was so strong that he mm-hmm. would break things and it was nobody wanted to be around him because his strength became a weakness in the wrong environment. And that's something I teach my clients. Um, every strength is a weakness in a wrong environment. Every weakness can become a strength if you place it in the right environment. Case in point, I talk about um, a bit. I said, how many of y'all would love to get, if I just gave you a Bentley, how many of you would want? And I was like, yeah, you want a Bentley or a Jaguar or, or a Mercedes or whatever your, your car is, a Lamborghini. I said, but if you are in um, getting ready to cross uh, over an ocean, how valuable is that uh, Lamborghini going to be to you to cross over an ocean? It's not very bad. Well, if it's 
a river, even if it's a river, how, how valuable is that going to be? Well, not very valuable. But what if you had a canoe, a canoe worth like $100? That In that environment, in that space, that $100 canoe is worth more than that $100,000 bin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or that $500,000 Lamborghini. That, Lam that Lamborghini is worthless when you're trying mm -hmm. to cross a river. And so that I say that because you're, as we're assessing our value, as we're assessing our intrinsic worth, a lot of times we put ourselves in the wrong environment and then mm -hmm. we negatively assess our worth. But right. we're valuable. All of us are valuable. And so I, it was it was as I was coming into college that I really began to discover that who I was on the inside was actually valuable to the world. Wow. That's a great point because I, I feel like I, I did the same, a similar thing because a lot of people that I know or just maybe from watching TV or, or different things like that, a lot of people celebrate high school like, oh man, these are the best years of your life. And I was right. like, man, I, I can't wait to get out. And uh, right. a good friend of mine from high school that I just caught up with um, over Thanksgiving break, he was telling me, I remember when I graduated and I talked with him, he graduated a year ahead of me. And he was like, I, I was telling him and he echoed the same thing. I was like, I've never been to prison or been to jail, but I felt like I'm getting out of jail and right. I'm finally right. free to go to right. college. and. Go even to just go do something else because it's like okay you're not having to see the same exact people every single day every single class period every single morning and right, like right. rinse and repeat the same thing over and over but now you have like the exposure to be in a different environment yes you might have like a, a freshman roommate but like it's somebody from another part of the world that thinks differently right but right. you're both excited to be there because it's like man we got to like get out of our environment and get here and we're here to learn like some people are right. here to be um, physical therapists, doctors, right. engineers, um, political science majors, artists, like all kinds of things. And right. just kind of right. being able to look now, like from 2019, I graduated college. So I graduated high school in 2009 okay. or 2008, went to college, graduated college in 2013 and slowly being able to like step back and be like, oh, okay, like this was a little bit rough, but right. now right. I, I see it in perspective and it wasn't right. so terrible. It was like, okay, that made me actually better. And right. then right. Ca catching up with some people, they're like, oh, do you remember this time? I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I must have fell asleep for like, yeah, I like blocked everything out from like 2000, like literally from like 2008, 2009, like everything before then. I'm just like, no, like, like I maybe remember a highlight, but I just like just completely forgot about it. Right, right. Even like when the, when the stock market and stuff like that were crashing, like I didn't know I was in college. Like right. I was happy. I was happy right. to be in school. Like I didn't know like. The world was falling apart. I didn't know like this was going on and that. And it's like, man, you, you never know what you got until like somebody brings it to your attention. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. No doubt. So where'd you go to school? Uh, I went, I grew up in Charlotte. Um, so I graduated high school in South Mecklenburg. Same right. Um, still represent okay. there. Um, then I went to uh, Shaw University for a year. I wanted to go to Howard, but um, mm -hmm. Howard accepted me. As I'm not telling stress, a long story. But um, and by the by the time it was time to go, they still hadn't given me my financial aid package. So mm -hmm. I wound up going to Shaw. My parents graduated from Shaw. Went there for a year. Shaw had less students than my high school. My mm -hmm. high school had about 2,200 students. Shaw had about yeah. 19 at the time. 1900. So. I was like, yeah. And people would always ask me, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond or do you want to be a small fish in a big pond? And my answer to that question was always neither. I want to be a big fish in a big pond. You know what I'm saying? That was always my answer to that question. <laughs> um, but when I got to Shaw, I definitely felt like a big fish in a very, very, very small pond. And I was like, I'm, I'm bigger than this. So even though things were going well for me at Shaw, I transferred to North Carolina Central. I was a music major. So I was doing a music thing. I was on, um, I'm on a couple of their CDs at North Carolina Central. I traveled mm -hmm. with them to Switzerland, to the Montreal Jazz Festival. Like singing is my, I've been singing all my life. Singing is my, my passion, wow. my heart, my gifting. Yeah. But um, after a while, I, I realized that as much as I love singing, 
I didn't love it enough to make it a career. I was good enough at it to make it yeah. a career. But, you know, four and five and six and seven hour rehearsals and shedding and, you know, getting in the zone in the lab and going over my part for hours and hours and hours. I mean, you know, two or three hour rehearsal is nothing. But these cats yeah. are doing this all day. Like, this mm -hmm. is what I do in the lab, like literally six and seven hours. You and a piano, like bringing food six and seven hours, you're in front of that piano. And I'm like, no, nah, mm -hmm. I'm good on that. Like, yeah, no, that's not, I'm not. You, <laughs> seeing people who are really, and here's the beautiful thing about college, seeing people yeah. who are really called to do something will let you know whether you are or not. So I was like, yeah, I'm looking at you. I thought I was, till I saw you, then I'm like, yeah, you know what? This might be more of a hobby than I thought it was. I, I, I don't really right. know. So, but then the, the Lord called me into ministry. And all of a sudden, I had boundless energy to study the word, to, to focus, to be in prayer and to direct my life in that way. Every day from that moment to this one, every day that I wake up, I have motivation, I have energy to connect with God, to hear what God is speaking to me, and to be a channel for him to flow that through me to other people. So that's how that transitioned. I transitioned from there, went back to Shaw, actually, uh, majored yeah. in religion and philosophy. And from that point on, when I transferred back from Shaw, from Central to Shaw, started making straight A's and made straight A's for the rest of my collegiate career through um, college and through um, uh, grad school. Okay. So, so you yeah. said, you, man, that's, wow. I may, I may see. <laughs> Let me see if I heard you right. But you said okay. you went, you started at the smaller school where your parents went, which is Shaw. Right. And then you didn't necessarily like that because you felt like you were a big fish in a small pond. Right. So then you went to be a big fish in a big pond right. at the bigger college. And then you did that all the while majoring in music. You're like, okay, you're putting in the hours and you're like, okay, like I'm going to do this. But then once right. you started seeing the other people that have been doing it for a minute, something told you like, oh, maybe this. That's not for me. That's not what right. I thought it was. Right. And then you ended up going back to the smaller school, Shaw. Mm -hmm. So when you when you went back to the smaller school, did you still feel like a big fish going back into the small pond, or did what what changed for you to go back to that school? Well, really, there was a life change. There was a, and I, I didn't go into the whole story, but there was a really, really, really like nodal moment in my life in the fall of two thousand. Uh, fall of two thousand. Um, I was online for a Greek organization. I was running for SGA president, um, and I was a senior at North Carolina. Central, but didn't cross the organization, ran mm -hmm. for SJ president, lost twice. Watch this. Mm -hmm. Three people ran for SJ president, me and two other people. Yeah. First person won, then there was a second runner up, and then I was third. The first person got disqualified because he didn't have enough mm -hmm. credits to be a senior, had to be a senior to be SJ president. They, did a, mm -hmm. they didn't just put the second person in the office. They did a runoff between me right. and the second person. Lost again. Landslide mm -hmm. losses both times. So it was kind of a, a hit. And then I was kind of at a point where I was like, I really, I was a senior, but I wasn't close to graduating. There were a couple mm -hmm. of classes that you can only take the fall, and if you miss it, right. You fed you gotta take it the next fall. So I was a couple right. of classes behind in those types of classes. So um, gotcha. I was like, okay, gotta deal with this. And then I was just like, God, this is not, then I didn't even have enough money to stay on campus. So I was staying with my parents in Greensboro, traveling mm -hmm. back and forth to Durham for two classes that weren't even in my major. Wow. Like the black experience from 1865 and drama. <laughs> like those are two classes I was like, going on. And it was just like, wait, okay, so what's, what's going on? And right now you're just wasting time and money. Like, what are you doing? And right, that's right. when I had my call experience. It's a whole nother story. But when God, called me immediately. I was like, okay, now I got focused. So I didn't really stay. I was actually on the campus of Shaw on 9-11. Mm -hmm. This is 2001. I was on the mm -hmm. campus of Shaw at 9-11. And then I wound up going off campus um, mm -hmm. and finishing it at a, a, one of the high point cape centers that they have here. Um, one of those little satellite things that they had. So did that, got a job, but I had a purpose. I had a focus. Like now I know what I'm doing with my life. And so that was, gotcha. it was never, it, it shifted from being about a big fish in a small pond to being, now I know what my career is. And from that moment to this one, God has continued to open door after door 
door for me to continue to level up and be successful. Gotcha. That's awesome. And I, and I, if I can say one thing, don't don't feel like you have to be rushed. Like if, if you okay. want to take the time to get into a story, just take your time okay. with it because that, that's the whole reason why I, I started this platform to just be like, okay, like it, a lot of times when you, you show maybe like a highlight of something, like a lot of times people miss like the in between because right. um, when I'm kind of creating this, I was thinking of like talking to my past self, which would be somebody that like in college and mm-hmm. kind of going through that, trying to find their purpose. And it's like, okay, you're, you're doing this or like, oh, should I be doing this? Like some people have that uncertainty. And yeah. um, one thing for me that, that was interesting when I first got to college, I went to like a smaller school um, in comparison to like a top 30 school right. or whatnot, because I, I went to a school in, in Marietta, Georgia called Southern Polytechnic State University or SUSU, some people call it SPSU. And um, when I went there, it's like the sister school to Georgia Tech, but oh, okay. now it's um, been bought out by another school called Kennesaw State. But anyways, I, I went there because a friend of mine went there from high school, not, not the same friend, but from before, but we're all um, in the same group. Like we all knew each other from high school and we actually started doing Bible studies on Fridays, um, just like the three or four of us um, to just be able to talk with people that are of our own age and to do something else. Like other people would be going out, um, like just going out Friday night, even people, if you're in high school, you, I don't think you necessarily go clubbing, but people do different activities and things. Right. And not saying anything's wrong with that. It's just, we were raised different and we wanted to be able to like, take what we were taught and like continue to walk in that path but I said all that to say when I got to college like I grew up as a I'm a preacher's kid so I've just grown up with that my entire life so that that's a little bit of context so um, Christianity religion has always been a part of my life but at the same time like what college kind of allowed me to do was to ask questions or answer questions for myself that I'd never thought to ask before because a lot of people when they see religion and spirituality, they don't understand that those are two different things. Right. And then also um, the short end of it is I basically went to a church that my friend went to. And as I started interacting with similar people from the Kennesaw University and the Marietta campus, like they're close enough to where you have a, a church setting where you have a youth group, you can meet with other people and interact and things like that. And I just remember um, spending time, like you go to church on Sunday, you try to go to the thing on Wednesday, all the while balancing your classes, making your assignments and things like this. And I was like, I really like the environment and I like the culture. But one thing that kind of like put me off was that one guy was claiming to quote unquote be doing the will of God. But he was saying that he's got to be at the church so he's going to miss his class and not take care of the coursework. And I was like, wait a minute, those two things don't sound the same. It's right. like, you're telling me that you came all the way here or your parents are paying for your education, but because you're going to do the will of God, you're not going to go to class and you're just going to hang out at the church or you're just going to hang out with your friends to do ministry. And I was like, I don't know what you signed up for, but I came to college to get this education, to get a right. job, to do this. Like, I'm still going to go to church and I'm still going to respect God, but I'm not going to use God as excuse. an excuse to not take care of my responsibilities. So I, I just right. wanted to put that out there as like a personal experience and to kind of like n- not dissuade people, but just kind of encourage people. It's like, here's where I'm coming from. And right. part of the reason, like whenever you, I reached out to you, like I felt that similar energy, like knowing right. or unknowingly, 
and like whenever you explain it if you could just like if you have anything that hit in those areas if you could kind of mention something in there so that whenever people just hear like oh i did this like some people just think they might think oh he's just talking in like broad stroke like that that's too out there for me to get but it's like if you could like make it practical maybe somebody that might be ready to just switch you off it's like no that's not what i'm saying like just right right if i'm making any sense oh no no absolutely i'm saying like just right right if i'm making any sense oh no no absolutely absolutely and i think one of the challenges that I, I you mentioned earlier in this in this um uh, broadcast that you were saying when it's not necessarily about the president or kanye west or kim kardashian or anything like that but i think um one of the challenges there's so many multi-layered challenges with with our current uh president of the united states of america our current impeached president of the united states of america you're gonna turn me off turn me off of that uh he is <laughs> um, you know they have um but um is this juxtaposition of christianity and the political right um and i one of the one of the greatest things that i've ever heard is that if you can believe that a man who's on his third marriage and who paid off a, a prostitute uh after he cheated on his wife and talks about grabbing women in their private parts which is you know uh, sexual assault if you believe he's a christian but you don't believe that the man who's been married to the same wife all his life no scandals you know two beautiful children and you know goes to church every sunday if you don't believe he's a, you believe he's a muslim or the antichrist something like that maybe your religion isn't christianity it's just white supremacy and the reason why, why i say that is because a lot of people are turned off i'm not talking to the people who support them i don't care about that. i'm talking to the people who look at that and say if that's what christianity is and i want to part of that is the demographic of people that i'm called to a lot of people have been hurt in church people the bible says you have a zeal but not according to knowledge a lot of people excited about god want to serve god want to do right by god and sometimes can become overzealous so no we're not going to class we're not doing nothing we're not if you breathe wrong you're going to hell no we just gotta sit here in the church all day i'm in church all time because i'm here yep. this is what we're gonna do and and it's coming from a sincere place but you can be sincerely wrong um and uh martin Luther king talked about conscientious stupidity and nothing but nothing being more dangerous than conscientious stupidity like people who are trying to do right but they're ignorant they don't know the right so again a lot of times people can get turned off a lot of times people can think you know this is what i'm supposed to do so for me the, the first thing is when we're talking about having a relationship with human beings which is what god called us to do he called us to love so that was the greatest commandment to love the lord and to love our, our brothers um love is love so as, as i'm coming to you i don't have to agree with you and, and i have to talk about that as well because there are people who say you know we're supposed to love everybody just because i love you doesn't mean i accept your lifestyle that's not what that means see how the words are different love i accept you i accept you with everything that you are all the baggage that you bring but i do not have to agree that your lifestyle is legitimate we if we really love each other then we can rebuke one another we can come for one another and say i don't, I don't feel like what you're doing is right but here again it's got to be out of love it has to be out of a, a um a context in which you can receive it from me because you know i'm not some distant stranger just throwing bible scriptures at you because nobody wants that and one of the things i say here's the case in point right here if your homeboy one of the boys you was talking about you know uh from your story one of your homeboys came out y'all about to go outside y'all about to go to 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 the game watch a game or something like that and you get to walk out the house he's like hey man what you got on man what's that what's that shirt what is going on with your hair oh my god what did you do it you're gonna be like wait what's, what's wrong with my shirt so no my hair what's going on right conversely right if you're out in the street and some random stranger walks up to you and says hey you're like what's up what's wrong with your shirt what's wrong with your hair Ugh, you look a man you're like oh, you great square up you're like oh, right. talking to you know what i'm saying right right same exact words the thing that made the difference as to whether you received it or whether it made you angry was the source the relationship you had with the speaker and that's mm -hmm. the point if i people are getting mad and leaving the church not because somebody rebuked them but because they didn't have a relationship with the person who rebuked them relationship is paramount so yeah. a lot of times we get to well he ain't had no business saying that well she had no business saying that. you were offended because we're not friends there's yeah. there's never you can't look in the word of god and find a church that people were not intimate together they were meeting together they were fellowshiping together. we have made communion 
communion about wafers and grape juice. Communion was an actual meal where people got together and laughed and joked and hung out and they did live. They did life together. Yep, yep. So I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this, right, right, right. Like this, like yeah. this is what it's supposed to be. So I, I applaud you for what you're doing and, and celebrating the actual individual lives. One of my challenges, which is why I started a ministry called The Power Church. And every time um, somebody says to some pastor, oh, you're a pastor? Yeah, yeah. Well, where's your church? Uh, my church is in the hearts and minds of the people that I pastor. That's where my church is. It's not about brick and mortar. Now, I do yeah. happen to pastor a brick and mortar church as well. But the mm -hmm. far more effective ministry that I'm doing is when I talk to people on the phone one-on-one, which is how I got to be a life coach. Mm. Life coaching is where I really can delve into people's lives and, and hold them accountable to what they're doing. What we're supposed to be doing as Christians, checking up on each other, how you doing, what's going on, and not that surfacey how you doing, but an actual yeah. intimate where you feel comfortable opening up and sharing. I'm thinking about getting a divorce. My kid yeah. is on drugs. Me and my wife aren't having sex. We need to talk about it. Like whatever those deep intimate spaces that plague Christians because we don't know how yeah. to talk about them, we got to be yeah. able to start talking about them. So that's, I applaud what you're doing with that. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's funny because um, just whenever you mentioned that you are a life coach as well as a pastor, I was like, well, it makes sense. Like those things go hand in hand. And when I think about it, I was, I was talking with um, a mentor of mine from um, back when I was getting ready to graduate from college. And I just noticed that uh, looking for jobs, like going to a career fair, filling out a resume, going that approach just wasn't working. And I met him through a college friend that I played ultimate Frisbee with. And we just had a conversation just based again, based on relationships. So my friend's mom knew him and come to find out when I actually interviewed him this time around versus our conversation over six years ago, our first conversation. This was our second conversation when I interviewed him like this. And I come to find out that he also is a life coach, a professional oh. trainer that's been doing it for over 25 years using wow. a system like with a, a disc assessment. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but mm -hmm. I just became familiar with the disc assessment over the last, this last year. But it was introduced to me at first in 2014 when I started my first full-time job out of college. But the way the, per the first person explained it to me last year was completely different because they went beyond surface. Like they went mm -hmm. deeper and it, it made it more intentional to where it's like we built that relationship to where it's like disc assessment, essentially what it is, it's a personality assessment that categorizes the population of people into four categories. So you have the D, the I, the S, and C. So the D is the type of behavioral personality that talks about how you deal with problems and challenges, like how okay. you prefer to deal with them. And then the I is talking about how you deal with people, like how, how you like to get along with people, whether you like to socialize, whether you're, you're kind of like standoffish, or maybe right. you just right. maybe you're not standoffish. Maybe you just don't like to talk to people like that. And then the S is talking about like pacing, like how do you like the pace of your environment? Are you like we were talking earlier on the road, right. are you like get up and go, okay, we're going 80 miles an hour right now, or do you want to go 55 over in the right lane? Like right. you have a choice, but that, right. that's your natural preference. And then the C personality is your um, how do you prefer to deal with procedures like how do you how do you deal with rules essentially mm. so it's like using this this was done by um i forget his name but this gentleman he's the he's the person responsible for the wonder woman character and he created the uh the lie detector test so this oh, wow. was created okay. back in like i think 1920 oh, wow. so it's, it's been around for a while and just different um industries and different companies have been able to um make it available to people they train people and then you can use that for life coaching to better help somebody explain like here's 
how you here's how you operate naturally like from the time that you were born to the time you were seven years old and everything to whatever age you are now like here's why you have a propensity to do what you do mm-hmm. and it's all from like studies and studies and studies and it's like literally a 12% of the population is like the D personality and then okay. maybe like 25% is like the I's and then you have like 30 to 35% are like the S and the C's so you okay. kind of see like a reason why a lot of um, introverts are most of the millionaires and billionaires in the world because they kind of like sit back and create the systems that we use and we kind of everybody navigates their own way right right but like he like in studying it recently this year i just happened to want to set up a conversation with him because i was like okay like who would be great good people to like get on here and just talk to but at the same time like get to know them better catch up with them and like we just talked the whole conversation about that and i was like oh wow like that's that's so cool like i'm literally studying it and then i just have happen to want to talk to you like reach back out six years right. later and work on the exact same wavelength same phase, yeah, and we happen yeah. to have like the same faith the same belief and like we just kind of speak to it like he can speak to it as you can from like a different perspective or a more seasoned perspective because you've been you've been practicing it you've been coaching people you've been helping people in that light and it's like what we say they don't necessarily disagree they're in line with each other but even if we have a disagreement since we're building that relationship it's easier to receive like a compliment or a comment right, to just be like right. hey man just fix your shirt a little bit or it's like right, oh, right. okay like I'm, I'm all good I'm all good thanks thanks for looking out like thanks for not right. letting me walk out there with like right. exactly. exactly and then oh my, my fly was down like nobody told me like I right. walked out there all day long and nobody said nothing to me right right we say I say <laughs> stuff like that I mean not not to be funny but me and my wife be like yo that person don't have no friends yeah that person doesn't have any real friends man I mean you could walk out your shirt Tell you got the tissue on your shoe, or you got spinach in your teeth, and no, I mean you walking with a group of people, and yeah. nobody told you that it's in them. And it's it's even the same way if you're talking about a group of yes men, mm. because real friends are able to check you. If if nobody can tell you, hey, you're out of line, hey, you're messing up, hey, I see the an ideal version of you, I see a, a a great version of you, and the direction that you're going in right now isn't towards the highest form of yourself. If nobody can tell you that, then you're you're really a poor person. You're a poor. Talk, we talked about earlier about, about the definition of success and what success means. If you don't have real friends who can check you and hey, say, hey man, you act a real stank on yourself right now. You need to check yourself. I'm going to call you late because you just, you wilding out. <laughs> you don't have people that do that to you. Um, then you're, I say you're, you're really impoverished in that way because mm. none of us, no man is an island. You know what I'm saying? Right. So all of us need other people, the perspectives of other people. And that's why I love coaching because a coach doesn't have to be smarter than you. A coach mm. just has to be able to see from a perspective that you can't see. So mm. if I got you right now, you sit in the car right now. If I got behind you, I could mm. see what the back of your hat looks like. Unless yep. you take that hat off and flip it around, you'll never see the back of the hat. You can turn yep. 360 degrees and you'll never see the back of your hat. So uh, again, as a coach, having somebody there to see just from a different perspective and to shed light and to give a kind of a 360 panoramic view of your experience and how it yep. hits other people, it's, it's, it's completely invaluable. I've seen it change. I've just changed my life. So mm-hmm. I'm, I, I push this as a, depending on who, what crowd I'm in, yeah. as a, a great business model or a great ministry model. Because yep. number one, yep. you have to be an active listener or 
to be a coach. And in order to do effective ministry, guess what? You have to be an active listener. And we talked about you talking about being a pastor and being a life coach. As far as I'm concerned, they're not connected. They don't go hand in hand. They're the same thing. Yeah. If you say being a, I, I challenge anybody, I say it all the time, if you can give me a quality distinction between pastor and spiritual life coach, I got a million dollars right here for you. Tell me what the difference <laughs> between a, a pastor and a spiritual life coach. What, of course it's the same thing. A pastor is a spiritual life coach. Every Sunday morning, he gets up in the pulpit, he or she gets up in the pulpit and does group coaching. Yeah. That's, all, that's all it is. Same thing Tony Robbins does when he goes to those seminars. Same things Les Brown does. We're doing it culturally. We process yeah. differently. But it's the exact same thing. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, don't, don't, don't say you're going to leave out the, uh, the new man on the block, Eric Thomas. Man, you know I'm not a fan of E.T. And not, I say this, you know, uh, don't say to anybody. All of my <laughs> friends. First of all, yeah. everybody has a gimmick. Everybody has a yeah. E.T.'s gimmick is that he yells. Mm. That's his gimmick. I can't stand for nobody to yell at me. It is an, oh, it is you, an immediate turn off. Have you, have you ever seen him in person? Uh, in per not. I've seen his YouTube because I've never, I never actually been to one of his. Oh, okay. Okay. That, no, no. <laughs> well, I was going to say, no, I was going to say, no, no, I don't want to disrespect your opinion, but um, I guess <laughs> it's like, I don't want to jump on you just being like, oh, I'm an E.T. No, no, good, good. It's like, I, I understand what you're saying. And it's like, that's the same thing that I thought because like I started watching him in 2013 through like a friend suggesting um, we were both doing like this co-op work. And at times it can be very challenging because um, like I was saying earlier, I went to the smaller school, but then I transferred to go to a, a bigger school. And while there, we still did this co-op where we did um, inspection work. And basically you had to, we worked at paper mills and power plants. We crawled into tanks that smelled and like oh, your wow. clothes would have to buy them from like the Salvation Army just because it's like you don't you're not going to be able to keep your clothes you have them for the job and after the job you throw them away like you'll ruin your washer and all of that but anyways like a lot of the guys that we worked with you had people that started businesses people that um, like from the housing market crash like they maybe put them in a bind but this job paid well to where it was an opportunity for them like people now have Uber and different things like that it's just an opportunity to make money a way that you may not have thought of before and one thing that my friend um, Roderick had suggested to me is like, he said that he listens to motivation and I've never heard of a motivation before. Like I'm sure I may have heard of like a, a speech that somebody did obviously growing in churches like that's a form of motivation, but I'd never thought to like look up motivational videos on YouTube. Right. And ET was one of the ones that I came across and some part of me thought, okay, he's always yelling, but it's like a part of it is like he's speaking with passion. And then right. fast forward from 2013 when I first watched the video I found myself 2016 back in Georgia after like being in the Midwest for about two years and then coming back and I had an opportunity to go see him in Atlanta for the first time and I was like you know like let me let me go and see like what this what this is all about so I went there saw him really liked it went back with a friend to Charlotte and it was like they weren't really feeling him but I was like I felt it because one I didn't only get the message but then it clicked for me in 2016 when I met one of the, the big artists now Tobe Nwigwi. Like I met him then when he was um, just getting started with E.T. And he explained to me that, oh, like E.T., he's a pastor. And like the motivation thing, that's just something extra that he does. Right. But the thing that kind of like shifted my perspective on E.T. was when I went to a marriage conference that they had in 2017. And I was like, I just want a chance to like be able to get away from work, travel and just see it's like, okay, they talk about marriage, you have motivation, you have all these different things. And I was like, okay, 
okay, like I saw him do his thing there, but what's he going to do here? Right. And right. then he walked in and like, you're talking about, yes, you're motivating people, but when you're talking marriage and relationships, that's a completely different tone. You yeah, can't come in yeah. there hollering and all that. Right. And when he walked in, it was just, just having a conversation and it's like, oh, okay. But even before then, I had a chance to meet, meet up because I joined like their, uh, this mastermind community. Uh-huh. And the whole thing with, with the mastermind community is like having people like this kind of have conversations about what they're going through and what they're um, what they're experiencing to where you can help somebody that's going through it. Just being like, hey, I just went through that last week or I went through that 25 years ago. Like, here's how I got through it. And you're going to go through your go through, but at least you have a community to kind of come around you. And with that, I um, they, they were going to have like a, a community service, like a give back where they're going to volunteer with the group. I, I went ahead and I was like, oh, I, I want to be able to give back. So we did the event, picked up trash around um, San Diego, and then we just decided to get dinner later. And as we were eating, we were getting ready to wrap up. And then they're like, oh, he's going to come through with some of the guys, with DJ, Carl, um, Quest. Okay. We were like, okay, cool. Like, you're just excited to just not only be in a different environment but this and it's like they just get together everybody's talking shaking hands and it's like hey they're just regular people but then the thing about I probably went very long on this but the thing about like the marriage conference was just that like there wasn't any hollering there wasn't any like there was passion but it was just like it was conversation like this and then when I saw it it's like he's not only speaking but speaking to like the heart of the people and it wasn't necessarily like okay we're talking about marriage which is a like a biblical institution but like let me talk to you in plain language to where you understand it and to where it helps you so right. I didn't say that to just be like, oh, don't, don't dog out EP. But I, I kind of did say that to say don't right, dog right. out <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, I said all that to say like, there's like, if you just do like the YouTube experience, that's one experience. Right. And it's right. for a particular purpose why it's like right. that. But right. Right. being able to have a conversation like this with somebody, like for instance, with the YouTube, like they did the, thank God it's Monday first. But within the last two to three years, they came out with a podcast. And on the podcast, it's like, you get to see a different side of the person where it's just like, oh, he's not just hollering to holler. He's like, right. there's a purpose behind what he's doing. So that, that's just what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see that you are ET disciple. I definitely, definitely, see, that. definitely see that. No doubt. No doubt. And everybody. I mean that, has- yeah. No, I was just going to say that's that's how I learned about the disc assessment because the person that taught it to ET, since I followed him, I was able to take the test and kind of get some coaching from him. Unfortunately, he passed away last year, but ET kind of took it on as a tribute to him to just be like, okay, we're going to take this thing to the next level. So now yes. what he's doing is facilitating coaching to be able to to not only they train speakers, they train um, people to take their small business and take it to the next level to say, here's what we did over the last 10 years to grow into a household name. Like, here's right. how we did it. So now what they're doing is that they're training um, coach, like licensed coaches, they call it extreme execution. And it basically, you can like take what you do already as a life coach. And I did this December, early December of this year, went up there to um, Michigan where he's at, and he just went through and did like trained us on like here's the disc here's what your profile looks like and here's how you'd be able to facilitate for the next person that you decide to help and this really is like taking what um it's like i don't know if it's in timothy or something but it's like taking something that's very complex and it seems like it's out there and it's just written plain and it's brought to somebody and just say like this is like 
it's it's giving people an opportunity to really like understand like this is you and i'll just i'll stop my my uh rant for long story long by saying that um what somebody told me today a lot of times we tell people that they're king but um everybody is not a king necessarily in every environment they find themselves like right. you can't try to be a king in somebody else's kingdom sometimes right. you might be there if you're if you don't recognize where you're at you might be out of place and right. Right. sometimes you've got to get out of somebody else's thing and stop pointing the finger and saying this person's not this it's like okay well that person is doing what they're doing like right. you have the ability to do something else but right. if you don't take the steps it takes to get to your quote-unquote kingdom and kingdom, to be right. the ruler of your position then that's when life can be very difficult and then you can just be like oh like am i a king or am i just supposed to be born homeless and like mm. it's like hey you could be the shepherd of people that are just in your background and like that's sure. a starting point but if you acknowledge who you are you respect who you are and then you move from there like of course you can become who you're called to be right absolutely yeah man that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot to digest a lot to digest <laughs> I'll, I'll have to play this back a couple of times a couple of times like a couple of times when i like today is um the 13th episode that I'm putting out and like just listening to it it's like I listen to it so many more times just to hear what the guest is saying because it's like yeah. I learned so much from like listening to somebody else and just being like wow like wow and it's like <laughs> some people might say maybe are you trying to stroke your own ego and I'm like I don't know I don't <laughs> think I am but I, I'm I'm trying to like intentionally hear what being said throughout the message because like sure. even if I say something like being able to have the conversation with you like you were able to kind of like bring something out of me that I maybe didn't know was there. Right, right, right. And I think it's, it's interesting, just kind of piggybacking off of that, uh, we're all evolving. Um, the worst thing that we can do is have a fixed mindset. Uh, so everybody's evolving, everybody's moving, everybody's continuing to gather information. And like you just said, I'm, I'm going to research that disc assessment when we get off. So I, I appreciate you adding value. I'll, to send, me. I'll send it to you. Oh, send it to you. Okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, it is, it is particularly when you're in a helping profession, um, or you just deal with people, period, because you don't have to be in a helping profession to work with people or to have people in your yeah. family. Everybody interacts with human beings, you know what I'm saying? So it's a, helpful. And, and it's, it's kind of limiting if you can only think from your perspective, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm, I'm always grateful for other perspectives um, to be able to glean and, and, and mine. I heard T.D. Jakes talking about mining for gold, um, that I can just kind of mine for nuggets and jewels of wisdom. Uh, within any conversation that we have. And I think that that's something, again, that we miss as a society. Like, and again, going back to praising you for this 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 platform, um, there everybody is a genius. Everybody is a king. You just have to find their setting. You have to find their kingdom. You have to find where it is that they were created to shine. So again, if you take that bitly in the middle of the ocean, it will not shine. You're going to ruin the bitly. If you take that canoe on the showroom floor and try to charge $500,000 for it, it will not shine. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Does it mean the canoe new doesn't have intrinsic value. It doesn't mean that the Bentley or, or the Lamborghini or the Aston Martin doesn't have intrinsic value. It just has value in a proper perspective. And so one thing C.D. Jakes talks about is, you know, if you're always used to being the king in the room, you're never going to grow because there are certain rooms that you're going to feel intimidated. You're going to feel uncomfortable. Um, you're going to feel out of place if you got to be the leader everywhere. And of course, you always heard that, you know, if you're the smartest, if you're always the smartest man in, in the circle, you're in the wrong circle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have to be able to, you should be able to hang around people that make you feel dumb. You should be able to hang around people like, do I even know anything about it? 
And, you know what I mean? Like, no, no, that, that is the greatness, man. That is the joy because um, for me, we're talking about, so coaching is a kind of a interesting field because somebody comes to you to achieve a goal, but we don't achieve the goal. That person achieves a goal. We help them achieve the goal through personal development. So it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a almost for, 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 for just to, to use it and say, and I'll come back and clean it up. But it's almost like a bait and switch because you hire me so that you can get a promotion on your job. You hire me so you can meet a young lady and get married. You hire me so you can lose 30 pounds or, you know, whatever you, you're trying to do. But I don't directly coach you to lose 30 pounds. Now, there are some weight loss coaches that, you know, that actually do that. Um, but I don't right. directly coach you and say, go to your boss and put a gun to his head and say, give me a raise, I'm a key. I don't, I don't do anything. Please don't that. do that. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Might work for a oh, But what I do is, you already got hired on the job. So there's something inside you that's already working. What I'm mm. doing is personal development. So through personal development, we are going to enlarge what is in you that's already working. Here's the metaphor, mm. and I'm going to say this, I'm going to give you this nugget. This is what I charge for, you know what I'm going to charge for. But yeah, here's yeah. the metaphor for coaching. Um, uh, a guy named Michelangelo, he created a sculpture called David. You might have heard of it. It's pretty, pretty famous. Um, and they interviewed him and they said, man, it's a masterpiece. You know, this is timeless or whatever. How did you create this masterpiece? And Michelangelo said this, and this is the metaphor for coaching. He said, the sculpture already existed in the stone. I just cut away everything that kept you from seeing it. And so the, the brilliance of coaching is, I already believe that you have everything you need to be successful. I already believe that there's a superstar inside you, but there's some stone. There's some stone of procrastination, some stone of laziness, some stones of low self-esteem, something that I'm going to help you cut away so that the natural superstar that already lives inside of you can be seen. I'm not, if I feel like I have to create the superstar or I have to somehow pour superstar into you, I can't be your coach. It is inethical for me to coach you if I do not already believe that you're already a superstar. I'm mm -hmm. saying right now, you're already a superstar. There are some things that are holding you back. And I and you, through a process of personal development and self-discovery, are going to discover some limiting mindsets, some mm -hmm. things you've been telling yourself that you don't even know you're telling yourself. For some people, and, and I say this just to kind of piggyback over that, um, I talk to people about how much money you want to make. If you, if, if, if you had a magic pen, whatever you wrote came true, what would your yearly salary be? And yeah. every single person, every single one without fail, they say, I'd make it six weeks. Bruh, bruh. Where, where my pen? I got a pen right here. Bruh, you got a magic pen. You, right. Whatever you write on the paper comes to $100,000. Yeah. That, that's how you feel? What, would $100,000 change your life? I mean, really? You can't even buy a house with $100,000. You can't even buy a nice car. Not a nice car. You buy, you know, you know lower level car. You can't buy one of them upper tier. $100,000? They say, okay, well, um, a million. One million dollars. Let's talk about how fast one million dollars could go. You buy, you buy a house, you get a nice car, pay off your student loans. You might, that might be more than a million. You know what I'm saying? That might be We're talking about getting them to understand, getting them to address the fact that somehow in your mind, $100,000 is a lot of money. A million dollars is a lot of money. They already said right now, in order for somebody to retire at 65 and live to the, the, the national uh, life expectancy age of 80 or whatever it is now, they're going to need a uh, two point or three point some odd million dollars just to live with the little bit of retirement that they're getting in order to survive until they die. So like, if you're talking about a million dollars, we, we don't hit a lot. I want to get a million dollars. No, no. $10 million. You would struggle right now if you didn't get another dime. If I gave you 10 million, how old are you right now? 29. 29. If I gave you $10 million and you mm -hmm. didn't get another dime, unless you did some amazing investment, you'd be broke in the next 30 years. If you were just spending that 10 million, that 10 million, yeah. matter of fact, 30 is, 30 is uh, generous. I don't know, it might, might even be quicker <laughs> than that. You know what I'm saying? So, so just getting right. people to expand their mindset and, mm -hmm. and the belief, the core belief Belief that every here's the thing, and this this is where this is where people jump on the bus or jump off. Mm -hmm. Believing that everything going on in your life, you are responsible for everything good mm -hmm. and everything bad. Yeah. See the thing. So so the 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 um the the good news is um is that uh what what is it? what I say? Good news, not got bad news. The good news <laughs> is every decision that you make as 
the power to change your life. But the bad yeah. news is every decision you make has the power to change your life. So once yeah. you own yeah. the fact that I am where I am, not because of what happened to me, not because of what daddy did to me or what mommy did to me, I am where I am because of the decisions that I made. LeBron James, daddy won't there. We was a, grew up on welfare, food stamps. LeBron James. Yeah. And not only did he become LeBron James as a basketball player, because I, I can't stand LeBron James basketball player. I can't stand <laughs> And I'm a Laker fan, so I'm, I'm conflicted. You know, I'm a Laker fan. Yeah. <laughs> But as a man off mm -hmm. the court, never heard no scandal with one woman, no praising, you know, his wife and all sorts of kind of stuff. I mean, just be giving back, starting schools, speaking to yeah. the plight of the black man, getting around smart people, staying out of trouble. I mean, this man, I mean, to, to, if I wasn't looking at it, I would say what he's done with his life is impossible. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't looking at him young, coming into the league, people flashing millions of dollars at him, you can't find another example. Like Kobe got in trouble, Michael Jordan got in trouble, all of these athletes get in trouble. Young, killing yeah. the game. You're on top. You're 18 years old, crossing over and dunking on grown men. Mm. What does that do to your hubris? What does that do yeah. to your mentality? And women are literally throwing themselves at you like, no, I'm good. What do they do that at? Like, what kind of self-control, what kind of spiritual power do you have that you are able to say, no, I'm, I'm focused. I'm on my game. I'm going to stay my baby mama from the hood. I'm going yeah. to marry her. And we're going to be, what, what do they do that at? Like, what even, what even is that? So I said that to say, that's the type of power of decision-making that everybody mm. has available to them. But people want to say, no, it's, it's the white man this, it's my job this, I can't, I can't do this. The Bible says no way yeah. before to get me shall prosper. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. So you ain't got no excuse. Ain't got, so that's the first thing we deal with. Excuses are useless tools of the incompetent. Those who specialize in them seldom specialize in anything else. I make no excuse. First thing we deal with. Would you get your work done? Because we give assignments every week. Would you get your work done right. today? Well, no, nah, I didn't get it done because what, wait, wait, what, 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 what you about to give me? I'm about to give you. <laughs> okay. So look, so here, here, here's what I give them to them. Why didn't you get your work done? Well, because mm -hmm. my dog, uh-uh, why didn't you get your work done? Well, because my wife was in my bed. No, why didn't you get your work done? Because I chose not to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And once you get there, once you force them to say, I didn't get my work done because I chose not to do it, people do whatever they want to do. Once we accept that as a truth, and I, I, I drive this home to people, then they can be successful. I drive that home to people saying, if I told you I was going to give mm -hmm. you a hundred billion dollars if you had gotten that assignment to me today, would you have gotten that assignment to me today? And it, without fail, people are like, yeah. Yeah. I probably would have got. I probably would have. <laughs> so all, everything you just said to me is, is, is BS. Everything you just said to me is a lie. If you could, if I would have given you a hundred billion dollars, listen, who, somebody yeah. died, somebody's in the hospital, listen, they gonna be in the, you ain't no doctor. Finish assignment, then come back. If you're gonna get a hundred billion dollars, you might get a better medical care. You know what I'm saying? So the point is, yeah. people do what they want. And once you accept yeah. that truth, once I decide that I'm in charge of my own destiny, I'm in control of the direction of my life, then all the excuses melt away, and success is the only thing you have. You can you can hold on to excuses or you can hold on to success, but you can't hold on to both. Yeah. If you hold on to excuses, excuses, the thing about excuses, excuses give you permission to fail. And that's the realest yeah. thing that somebody ever taught me. When I yeah. when I give you an excuse, what I'm asking you for, what, when I give you an excuse, I'm asking you to say, oh, I understand. It's okay that you didn't get done what you said you were going to get done. Yeah. I didn't do it because this is, don't you feel bad for me? Don't you justify the fact that I didn't get it done? No, isn't it okay? I'm asking you for permission to fail. That's what excuses yeah. are. So I tell people, mm -hmm. no, no, excuses are poison because it's Excuses yep. give you permission to fail. You're not looking for permission to fail. You're looking for permission to succeed. And because I love you, I'm gonna help you with that. So I'm not gonna give you anything. <laughs> I'm not gonna give you any permission to fail. I'm not gonna allow right. anything to happen to you. We get it done. Period. Get her done. That's one. That, listen, that, that's not didn't necessarily come from our culture, but I have adopted it. Get her done. Hey, hey you gotta day. you gotta respect greatness, no matter where it comes from. Exactly. Love it or hate it, you gotta respect exactly. greatness. Get her done, man. I post yeah. that all the time. G I T R D O N. Get her done. And I do. I'm like, get her done, man. Get her done. Come on, you gotta get her done. Listen, <laughs> it don't, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. Get her done. Get her yep. done. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You just reminded me of a quote I keep hearing.
point uh, from Les Brown through like the motivational videos and compilations and audios and things people make. And mm-hmm. he said this, that the word but is a limit, is an, is an argument for our limitations. And when mm-hmm. we get, when we argue for our limitations, we get to keep them. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, don't do that. I was like... Wow. Do I need to say it one more time? I think I stumbled. Good, that was good. That was good right there. That so, was good right there. So it's like, but is an argument for our limitations. And when we argue for our limitations, we get to keep them. And Ooh, that doesn't right like, if that doesn't hit you in your heart or just make you like yeah. flinch a little bit, like put your dukes yeah. up. Like yeah. just, just don't get too hard on yourself. Just take a minute, walk right. away. Just be like, just, just let it go. Like it'll, it'll just hit you like January 1st or like January 22nd or like, right. Right, right, November first, right. like you'd just be like, "Oh, what, what, what?" Listen, stop there, but I could do this. But now I'll put some salt and pepper on that. And eat that. Just go ahead and eat that. You gotta yep. eat it, man. You gotta, you gotta. I mean, that's, <laughs> we, we, when something happens, when something really touches you in that space, you gotta be able to eat it. You gotta be able to accept it. In that moment, own it. Say, "Listen, that hit me. That 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 hit home. I am guilty." And again, as a pastor, you know, I'm kind of uh, on that on that space. I'm on that on that page of saying, you know, this is this is this is what I this is what I do. I'm trying. I don't even preach. Sermon if it doesn't hit me like that. I don't preach a sermon if it doesn't hit me in the chest like that. Oh, look, you're frozen a little bit. You still there? Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think my screen is screen froze or something like no, that. No, no, it, it's not your screen. It's it's my screen. Just keep going. Okay, so look, so I, I say that to say I'm, I'm, I'm doing it whenever I preach. Um, I, I, I want people to be excited. I want people to be motivated. I want people to be, you know, uh, 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 just to, to, to get that inspiration. But the first thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to come for that dysfunction. Every time I preach, every time I teach, every time I speak, my, my, what what gives value to my message is I'm trying to help you and I cannot help you if I pat you on the back for all the stuff that you're already doing right and do not mention the things that are holding you back for the next level. That did not help. You, you already know. Hopefully you already know things you're doing right. If you don't know things you're doing right, maybe you can come back and get that in another session. But my job is to say, hey, these are the things we're doing wrong. These are things we can uh, work on. These are things we can um, advance. These are things that we can, can develop. So if we can do that, then we can go to a whole nother level. And every time I speak, I'm doing a work hour tonight. If you're not busy, uh, every Tuesday night at eight o'clock, I I do word power. Word power is you can see the you know branding behind me. Ugly. Um, I do word power, which is a a thirty minute Bible study where I go into the word and it's just this power in the word mm-hmm. of God. It's just it's fire, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, and it's my little word power, you know what I'm saying? So I do my little condom. So you know what I'm saying? So I do that all the time. So that's really <laughs> that's really what I do, man. I try to I try to empower people through kind of demystifying, de-stressing the whole concept mm-hmm. of maybe you're doing something wrong or, or maybe something's happening with you. Like you know, just calm down. It's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Right. Let's laugh about it. Let's talk about it let's open up about it and let's fix it mm, that's beautiful yes sir yes sir Man, i think i think if, if i don't if we don't stop right there you're just gonna give the whole bag away it's all good uh, you mind telling the people how they can uh where they can find you online offline or just like get a hold of you to where they can become a part of your tribe and just get more of this information absolutely thank you and thank you again for uh for the opportunity uh you can get in touch with me at josephpridgen.com and i'll spell that for you uh www J-O-S-E-P-H last name is P-R-I-D-G-E-N dot com and all of my social media is the same thing Facebook Joseph Bridge um, Instagram Joseph Bridge LinkedIn Joseph Bridge um, the website Joseph dot com so however if you just Google Joseph Bridge I'm gonna come up you know what I'm saying now when you start it Joseph Prince is gonna come up before me because Joseph P-R-I Joseph Prince is gonna come up you know I got he's a little more famous tonight but right after him I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be right there in my search engine optimization you know, you know what I'm saying so um, check me out every Tuesday night Word Power 
that's the the free is free. You just just watch it on Facebook, and that's how you can kind of get a flavor of who I am and what I do. And if you enjoy that, if you want to have a deeper connection, again, we have books. I've written a daily devotional. I've written an empowerment book. I've written a marriage and relationship book that is really, mm. really, really powerful, really impactful. So I want you guys to check that out. I do have a coaching community. If you want to become a coach, I certify coaches. If you want to get some coaching, I can do that with you. I do personal training. I do. I have a book publishing company. So if God has placed a book on your heart and you would like to write a book, I can publish that book for you. So again, I do anything, pretty much anything to do with personal development. That's what I do. Awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Who would have known? It's like just, just from meeting you in one encounter and shaking hands. It's like, man, you just opened up a whole nother world. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it a lot. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Sounds perfect. Thank appreciate you, it, man. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.